Holy Spirit. Amen. You're invited to be seated. But you've kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this and revealed his glory. Are you a dog person? Well, we're dog sitters persons. Our daughter's off, and so she said, can you keep Arlo? And I said, well, certainly I can keep Arlo. Arlo is one of those, you know, excitable dogs. When you walk in the door, whether you've been away at work all day and you walk in the door, or whether you walked out to the mailbox and walked back, Arlo is overcome with joy. You've come back. Let's play. And the racing begins. It is just a fount of many blessings. It is just so exciting to be able to see the delight in those eyes and that tail wagging. It is an absolute wonder of, of, of mammals to be able to be overcome with joy. There is a delight that somehow God has built into the animals, especially dogs. But that comes as a great gift from who God is. I like how our catechism says, we are made in the very image of God. And this Sunday, there's nothing specifically in the aha of the moment of epiphany in baptism of seeing who Jesus is, as God's beloved son, or in a healing, or in the casting out of a demon. Rather, today, it is a series of God's delight that God shares with God's creation. God is delighted. I love the words from Isaiah. For the Lord delights in you. And God rejoices over you. That's the heart of God. To be delighted in God's very creation, who is you, in just the way God made you. I'm not quite sure how we Americans sort of messed things up so badly in that epiphany. Maybe we go back to the Puritan days. Jonathan Edwards, he was the pastor of a church in Connecticut, and he is credited with giving the most influential sermon in maybe all of Christianity. It's called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. It's credited with starting something wonderful, the first great awakening in America. 1741, Jonathan Edwards, nearsighted, by candlelight, hunching over the pulpit, manuscript sermon in front of his eyes. 
reads sinners in the hands of an angry God, saying that the flames of hell are licking at the very feet of the unrepentant. And the people come down to the front in their calling in a repentant heart, and it spreads out through New England, the first great awakening. The emphasis was how unworthy and what terrible sinners we are. There was a real heaviness to our unworthy nature. William James, the great psychologist, turn of the century, 20th century, wrote the varieties of Christian experience. He wrote that there is a, a sin-sick soul, or, or the sick soul, that sees oneself as so terrible and down, undeserving. But there's a healthy soul, a soul that understands God's love and God's gracious nature. And it allows us to be able to live in that presence of God's wonderful gift, in God's delight in us. Somewhere, it seems, in American Christianity, we've become so connected to this sick soul persona of who we are, unworthy before God, the sinner. It reminds me of a Pixar movie. Have you ever seen the Toy Story franchise? Wonderful Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Toy Story 4, though, might have the great psychological uh, interpretation for we Christians. Bonnie, the youngest child, is going off to school for the first time. Not allowed to take toys. Has to leave Woody and Buzz Lightyear behind. And so what does she do? In a little craft project, she makes a toy. A spork. And she puts googly eyes and those little straw lines with the wire inside of it. Makes a mouth and a unibrow for those googly eyes. She names him, of course, Forky. And Forky then is the center of attention in Toy Story 4. He's brought home to the other toys. And he said, I'm not a toy. All I'm good for is a soup or a salad, maybe chili if I'm lucky, and then into the trash. And Woody says, no. You were made by Bonnie. You're Bonnie's toy. You have worth. You have value. You are a toy. You are loved. Throughout the movie, Forky is trying to understand that he is a toy and keeps throwing himself into the trash. He can't quite comprehend that he's not trash. That he is created and beloved and has an identity that this little child has given to Forky. 
I think so much in our world. We don't understand who we are as God's creation and God's image and in, in the worth that God has created into us. And we say, I'm just good for a soup or a salad or chili if I'm lucky and I throw myself into the trash. And repeatedly, because we don't see who we are as the one who is delighted in by God. We don't understand who we are as God's creation. As God's beloved, you, 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 you and you. God takes delight in you. Because God created you just as you are in your DNA. God loves you and God delights in you. And for some reason... We have trouble believing that. We keep throwing ourselves into the trash can. I'm not good enough. And so we live our life continually seeing ourselves and beating ourselves up as not being worthy. And God continually says, I have given my son as a free and gracious gift of love because you are worth it. You're my creation and I take delight in you. That's an epiphany for many people. That they are worth everything in God's eyes. God has created us to reflect God's love and light, to be the image of God, because God loves us. I love that little line. I know I heard our past youth minister, Jeannie McCabe, say it many times, especially around baptisms. God danced the day you were born. And it's so true. That's what delight looks like. Whether you're a little dog Arlo, he is dancing around and taking delight that we're here. And God takes delight and danced the day we were born and dances when we come back from the mailbox because God loves us. And God sees God's self in us for we are the image of God. And that makes us worthy. An epiphany today is seen in wine that is given at a wedding. No purpose, just abundance of joy and fellowship and celebration because that's God. God's love. Because you're worth it. God takes delight in you. And in that epiphany, we understand the depth of God's commitment to us. Amen.